Mitch Trubisky's been terrible. Matt Canada's been terrible. It's okay to acknowledge that both of these things are true. One doesn't have to be weighed above the other. They don't have to be ranked. They don't have to be listed for the simple reason that both of them need to be addressed. However, today I'm going after the third rail that comes up in this discussion and really shouldn't. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates that I hope you'll check out where you found this. The Steelers are back at practice. And when I say practice, I mean it in the singular sense. There's only one practice this week in advance of the Thursday night game in Cleveland. Such is the short week. And such is life when the offense is this bad that you're going to have a combination of quarterback slash coordinator controversies that even when you reach the point of picking one, because everybody seems to want to pick one or to have you pick one for some insane reason, even when that happens, someone will still want to add, oh yeah, but what about the offensive line? There's the offensive line. No, no, there actually isn't. We've now seen the Steelers' offense through two games. I've covered them in person. I've watched them again on film. And I am here to tell you, with plenty of backing from the inside, that the line is actually doing okay. Now, remember, who was arguably the roughest on this line over the span of several months, especially after a preseason where it looked like they would be the isolated undoing of this entire operation. Yeah, right. So I'm saying this too, because I don't have a problem with my stance matching reality. If there's a new reality, gotta be a new stance. This can't be about just, I was right when I said this thing back then, and I'm still right now. That's stuff that's that's crap. That's talk radio hot take crap. If you want that, there's plenty of it to be had. That's not what's on this show. I'm there. I'm with the team. I'm learning constantly. The situations evolve, and so do the stances. The line's been just fine. Not great. Not overwhelming, not dominating, not enough to overcome lousy quarterbacking, lousy play calling, and by the way, a lot of lousy decisions by the first round pick at running back, but they've been solid. The pass protection in the game Sunday, just to single out one thing, against the Patriots, afforded Trubisky ample time ample time to survey the field. The reason that he didn't survey the field is because he doesn't do that. He didn't look around. You can see it when you're in the stadium. You can see it in the film. His head doesn't swivel. He locks onto his target. His target is usually, for whatever bizarre reason, the check down and safest target, and that's the end of the play. The offensive line for their purposes, really don't even have to do much on those. But when he has dropped back and waited, he's had the time. 
but the Patriots had three sacks and that's too many. Okay, here again, watch the game. For that matter, listen to Mitch himself, who acknowledged afterward, immediately afterward, that he was directly responsible for two of those. And he was. He keeps doing this bizarre thing where he just runs out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage for no reason instead of just flicking the football away. The third sack was the direct and clear fault of Najee, who got trucked by a dude coming in who was very obviously Najee's responsibility. He did well to identify his responsibility and to take it on, but he also got trucked. And the dude who trucked him got to Trubisky. End of play, end of sack. That's all three sacks, none of which were on the O-line. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Mike Tomlin had his press conference yesterday instead of the normal Tuesday, again because of the short week. He was asked about the O-line, and he gave this very brief answer. It's improving. It's improving with, with, with each outing, and it's reasonable to expect that to continue. Any arguments there? Didn't think so. He hasn't exactly been kind to the line himself. You probably will recall from around that same period when I was going ballistic on them as well. And here's what Mason Cole, who also has been a straight shooter, as it relates to the line that he centers. I think run game-wise, we were a little more efficient in the run game. Um, still not where we want to be, but it was better than the week before. Um, I think our pass pro was well against a schematically good defense. Um, so obviously, I think for us, it was, it was better, but still a lot, a lot to improve on. You know what? That's pretty fair. Overall, I'd say that's a pretty level-headed, mature response and an accurate one at that. They're not great. They're not a completed product. They're not close to that. Right now, the guy who's rising up, who's been better than any of them, has been Chooksakora for it right tackle. Mason Cole's probably a little bit below that. I liked a lot of what I saw from James Daniels after having been pretty tough on him last week, including from the effort standpoint, which really shouldn't be a thing. Other than the one penalty, which seems to be an unfortunate norm for him, Dan Moore's name didn't come up a lot on Sunday. That's a good thing if you're the left tackle. And then there's Kevin Dotson, who I predicted before the game was going to be a factor in the positive sense. And I feel like he was. If you want to learn a little bit of a lesson as to what's going on with this O-line right now, there's a, a video clip and or frozen frame picture, depending on where it is that you find it that's gone viral of Najee's first run. And the play is blocked to perfection. It's like a Renaissance painting. Every guy has hat on hat, and there is a hole between Dotson and Cole through which any of us, you, me, anyone we know, could have gone through for a good five, six yards and maybe more. Najee instead took this pitch and started running to the outside for no reason. He bailed on the play. 
Why? No idea. No clue whatsoever. But he did. And I know everybody likes Najee, and I know it's uncool to ever say anything unpopular about someone that we all like or just got his shirt, and he's so funny and engaging, and he is all of those things. Doesn't make him immune to criticism. And I feel like it's not a coincidence that after Jalen Warren came in and started hitting those holes and hitting them like he meant to, that all of a sudden, when Najee came back into the game, he started doing the same thing. Funny how that works. When we come back, J1Q. Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Dave Barsick, who asks, DK, short and sweet, did Mitch Trubisky look this bad in camp? He didn't, Dave. And... There's a reason that I was okay and that obviously the Steelers were okay, infinitely more important, with having Trubisky open the season as their starting quarterback. We saw him. We saw him making passes. We saw him throwing over the middle like all the time. We saw him throwing deep. On a regular basis, heck, you saw some of this yourself in the preseason games when he'd start those. You saw the deep ball that he'd put up. You would saw him using the middle of the field to really good effect. And then, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is why the head coach is constantly making these references to Sundays and in stadiums and Sundays and in stadiums and situational this and situational that. He pumps up game settings more than any coach slash manager I've ever covered in any sport. And I'm not saying he's wrong because I can tell you right now that Gunnar Olszewski catches that punt a thousand times out of a thousand out in Latrobe or on the south side or for that matter in a preseason game. But here, things got late. His old team is playing on the other sideline and he wants to prove a lot of things to a lot of people. And there it comes. Ball's coming down and oh man, everybody's, what would happen if I didn't catch this? What would, oh, geez, I didn't catch it. That That's that's what we're talking about. That's what Tomlin's talking about. That's why he emphasizes it so much. That's why, in fairness to Tomlin, in full context of the stuff that he says, he placed such a high premium on Trubisky being able to finish 
that offensive debacle in Cincinnati with just enough to win at the end of overtime. Because Tomlin chose to emphasize the performing in a stadium on a Sunday. And to see that as a plus for Trubisky going forward. Now, of course, that was before the way he performed in front of the home fans and the next audience that he saw. So it's only part of it. And Dave, you know, if I was expressing this broader opinion here to someone who's an NFL scout or a professional evaluator, they'd be like, dude, shut up. Seriously, this has nothing to do with that. Have you not seen the fact that he throws off the wrong foot constantly? Have you not seen that he doesn't get set when he throws? Have you not seen that he tucks the ball and runs at the weirdest times? And as I mentioned in the opening segment, runs out of bounds for no reason to take sacks. Have you not seen that? Have you not seen that his head doesn't move at all from the check down target that he can't wait to embrace? Have you not seen that? Are those things influenced by intangibles? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's just not a very good technically sound quarterback. Maybe that's why he's not accurate and couldn't complete a pass that was from me to you. 10 feet to Deontay Johnson looking at him right in the eyes. Whatever the case is, the performance is the performance. That's what he's shown. And as Tomlin likes to say, continuously quoting him here, that's what you put on film. That's what's there. So I'm not sure why you would have been curious as to what he did in practices and so forth, other than wondering if maybe there was like some big cover up as to his having been really terrible and that everybody would want to build him up toward the open or whatever. No, he was actually good. He was actually good. But these are very, very, very controlled settings. You're not going to get knocked down. There's rules against that on the inside. You're not going to have distractions all around you. You're not going to have a defensive coordinator trying to trick you. You're not going to have a safety playing games with you as to where he's going to line up. In so, so, so many ways, practice football has nothing to do with real football. And Mitch is kind of showing that now. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.